What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. But let's get back to the earnings story right now. Joining us is, I'm pleased to say, the Standard Chartered CEO, Bill Winters. Thanks for being with me, Bill. Great to be here, Lizzie. So you've had pre-tax profits beating estimates for the second quarter. You've raised your full year income forecast. You're starting a billion dollar share buyback imminently. Can we assume that no more job cuts are to come? First of all, we're so happy with the results, right? And things are going quite well for Standard Chartered. Uh, you know, the, the Asian markets where we operate are doing re- relatively well. We hear about the the the, uh, the slowness in China, which is true. I mean, the recovery has been sporadic, uh, but fundamentally, the region's opening up. Economic growth is strong, and like that's the backdrop for for all of our colleagues. Uh, you know, we've got we have added uh, thousands of people uh, over the course of of the past year. Uh, we're also aggressively digitizing our business. So of course that means that people are going and people are coming all the time. But net net, this is a growth story. Let's just hone in on those Asian markets, of course, hugely important for you. You say it's positive. Your CFO said last month that China's property market isn't getting materially better. Since then, of course, there's been lots of public support for the private sector. So are you saying that there is no further pain in Chinese commercial real estate to come? You are seeing improvement. You know, we we took a little bit more pain in the second quarter. So we took some some impairments. against China real estate. We still have quite a substantial overlay as well, which is sort of saying we've taken a provision against risks that that haven't materialized yet, but that we fear might. So we feel very well provided against a little bit further down uh, downside. But basically, it, it feels like things have stabilized, albeit at a lower level. The, 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 the public support, the, the government support is picking up. That's encouraging. But it hasn't really lifted the market yet. So, so we'll see. It'll probably take another six or 12 months before we can say, yeah, this market's back on track. And of course, the other thing that rumbled your sector was the Credit Suisse takeover by UBS. How much are you benefiting in terms of wealth management? We had really good inflows in terms of net new money in the, in the first half of the year and in the second quarter. Uh, some of that came from Credit Suisse. Some of that is the organic growth that we've been experiencing for years now. Of course, wealth is rising uh, across the, the Asia, Middle East, and African markets where we operate. Uh, so there's a natural growth. And I think we're picking up a bit of market share. Of course, you always have to see how when things settle out, whether we're really picking up share. But it feels like we are. Uh, so the combination of, of some of the Credit Suisse money diversifying away from now the, the, the combined UBS, uh, some ongoing Chinese and, and other Asian investors just accumulating wealth and wanting to invest it in high quality international product and then the, 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 the general underlying economic trends are all boding well for that business. Of course, we've had lots of uh, discussions about central banks this morning. Yeah. We look ahead to the Bank of England decision yeah. next week. Um, what are you expecting? Quarter point hike? Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, look, in, in, inflation, while it's come off the, the peaks, is still quite high. And there will be debate for some time the degree to which this is structural and the degree to which this will, which will rotate off as energy prices stabilize, etc. Although we know that, that oil prices are going back up again. Uh, so I, I think it's it, each of the central banks, we saw the Fed, the ECB, I expect the BOJ, uh, sorry, the, the, the Bank of England as well, will say we've got to nail this inflation problem. We've got to do it now. So let, let, let's, uh, let's make sure that we take the steps now necessary to indicate our firmness. And, if they're going to nail it now, why not go for a half point? I think at the same time, there's a bit of caution, right? The, 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 the underlying uh, economic 
growth looks good, but they don't want to kill uh, what is what looks to be quite a resilient ongoing recovery in the face of higher interest rates. Mm -hmm. So they're going to calibrate things as, as they always have. So are you positioning for a UK recession? We don't have too much exposure to the UK as, as, as a practical matter. Uh, I would say if we, if we went back a year ago, looked across the, the West, so, so Europe, US, UK, uh, we would have said the likelihood of a recession was higher, uh, more than likely. Uh, seems a little bit less so today. And I, I'll, let's say a recession is avoidable, a slowdown in growth is not. I, I don't think we can get inflation under control without growth slowing materially. Maybe we can avoid that actual recession definition. And you mentioned the ECB and the Fed. Mm -hmm. Further out, do you see the ECB cutting before the Fed? Well, the, the ECB has some way to go to, to catch up to the Fed in the first place. Uh, the, the inflation dynamic uh, is a little bit different uh, in Europe, so they may get to the point where they can pause earlier uh, and, and keep a structurally lower level of rates, but uh, to, to cut before the Fed would be a bit surprising given the structural nature of inflation in Europe as well. And what do you make of all of this BOJ news this morning? Of course, we're still waiting for the press conference. I think central banks are really struggling with this, 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 this last phase of the inflationary period and, and the beginning of a disinflationary period, but while inflation is still quite high. Japan, of course, is very particular in terms of uh, needing to overcome decades of, of embedded, uh, embedded inflation expectations or, or disinflation expectations. So I think we'll have to see how the market settles out on this one. <laughs> uh, of course, earlier here in the UK in the week, we saw Alison Rose stepping down as CEO of NatWest over the issue about Nigel Farage's bank at Coots. I know that you don't have uh, a retail arm here in the UK, but you do have a large international retail presence. Would you ever drop a customer over their political views? No. No, no, we wouldn't. Uh, you know, we, we follow the law. And I, I can tell you that the, the laws and the compliance regulations around customers that you can bank and that you can't bank are very complicated. And they vary from market to market. We start with the, 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 the plethora of sanctions that are flying all over the place between the US, Europe, uh, UK, China, and back again. Uh, that's enough to navigate. We don't need to wade into uh, to the uh, softer or certainly not to the, the, the views of, of a politician or somebody with political views, no. So a very clear answer from you there. Have you actually checked that there is an overreach from your staff, from your team? We check regularly uh, to, to make sure that our, our whole reputation risk process is consistent with best practice. Yeah, but I mean, we've got millions of customers uh, <laughs> and we've got thousands of customers that are coming in and out every day. We've never seen any sign that there's been overreach in terms of our, uh, our, our handling of customers. And, and when it comes time to exit a customer, usually because they've been sanctioned, that would be the thing that, that would trigger an action. And we're very careful in terms of the way that we do that and the way that we help the client uh, within the confines of the laws that, that, we, that, that we operate within. Of course, the UK government's uh, had a role in this and been very proud of its response to the situation at NatWest. Uh, how do you think it affects international perceptions of UK banking? Uh, for starters, NatWest was, was partly owned by the government and until recently majority owned by the government. So it's a, it's a bit of a different animal, I think, just as, as a practical matter. It's, it's a semi-political beast uh, to begin with. Uh, in, in terms of international uh, perception, I don't think it's material one way or the other. I think, I think pe people... Uh, appreciate the fact that there's, there's now clarity around how, uh, how, how banks are expected to behave vis-a-vis -vis customers. I think it's, it's, it's a domestic thing. But of course, you were on the UK's Vickers Commission. Uh, you know, you haven't had a very big role in banking reform here in the UK. Do you think the UK's response on debanking has been timely, timely reforms, or is this really an exceptional campaign by Nigel Farage? 
Well, I, I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure how much reform was needed. I know I know there was a one-off incident. Uh, I, I know that that Allison Rose apologized uh, for the incident, and I know that that Peter Flavel, who was the head of Coots, also apologized, and they both resigned. Uh, so I, I'm going to chalk it up to some errors of judgment along the way. Apologies delivered. It would be nice if apologies were accepted and we could move on, but obviously not my not my call. All right. Standard Chartered CEO Bill Winters, really great to have you on the program after those earnings from Standard Chartered Thanks this morning. Me. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.